Shema. God, we know, God, that everywhere we go, God, you are there. We thank you for being Jehovah Jireh. God, you are our provider. We thank you for being Jehovah Nisi. God, you are our banner. We thank you for being Jehovah Rapha. God, you are a healer. We just thank you, God, for being a God who sees El Roi. God, we thank you that you see and you know all things, God. You are all-knowing, God. You are all-powerful, God. So we just lift you up. We just glorify you on tonight. And, Father, we bind every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us. We even come against familiar spirits. Right now in the name of Jesus, we come against false accusation. We come against slander right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I lose truth tonight in the midst of us, God, because you say we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. So we thank you that whom the son has set free, God is free indeed. So God, we claim our freedom, God, even on tonight in Jesus name. And God, I come against germs in the atmosphere. I come against, God, cold viruses right now in the name of Jesus. I curse them at the root. God, we don't have to be subject to them. They are subject unto us. So we take authority over everything that's in the atmosphere to come, to hurt, to harm. God, to bring sickness and disease. We break that power right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I plead the blood of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus because we're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and we're abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty. And we can say unto the Lord that he is our refuge, he is our fortress. And we just thank you, God, in whom we trust on tonight. Now, Father, I thank you that as we go into this word, God, that this word become a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. It becomes a fire that devours everything around us. God, it becomes a two-edged sword in the name of Jesus. So I thank you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And you get all the glory. You get all the honor. You get all the praise on tonight. God, it's not about us. It's all about you. So, God, I thank you. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're still teaching on God's pattern, the order of the church, and we're teaching on church discipline. And I thank God for the teaching on church discipline because sometimes it shows us um, how we do need to be disciplined in the body of Christ. And we know that discipline is bringing correction to the body of Christ based upon the word of God. So they're supposed to be disciplined in the body of Christ because it's part of God's order. It's part of God's way of doing things. When we look at uh, Matthew 10, 24, I started off with that verse of scripture. And it says a student, a disciple, a follower. So we know that a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. It's not better than his superior to above his teacher and a servant slave is not better than superior to above his master. So basically what was being said in Matthew 10, Jesus was really letting them know. He said, if they call me Beelzebub, then know that they're calling you Beelzebub because you are followers of me. So whatever treatment that I receive, that's the treatment that you're going to receive. So being that we are servants 
you know, we are sons, we're daughters, and we look up to him and we're following him, people are going to look down on us because we're in the world and we're not a part of the world. So when they attack us, they're attacking him. Amen? So a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. All of us are followers of Jesus Christ. We are learners of Jesus Christ. We're being taught by him. Even though God used me or he may use someone else to bring the word of God, the word of truth, is coming from him directly through us. And this is why we need to be in the word of God. So whoever's bringing forth his word, because it is God's word, we're going to know that it's coming from God. We don't look at the individual. We um, base the word of God on who the word is, which is Jesus. Jesus is the word. So the next scripture we went over was Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And Jesus had taught his disciples. They had they were learners of him, so he was telling them, this is what I want you to do. So go and make followers, disciples of all people in the world, the nations. So he said, now, I want you to go make disciples. I want you to go make followers. So this is what I was saying. When Jesus taught them, he said, I want you to teach others. It is not for us to assume that what we have belonged to us. It does not belong to us. It is God's word. And we know that God's word brings life. And as we're taught God's word, we're to share that word with other people. So if they're in darkness, we can bring light in the midst of that darkness and let them know this is not the way it should be. So actually what the word of God does, it corrects. It brings discipline. But if you're never, if you're in the word like you say you're in the word, you will not allow your brother or your sister to be in a situation that they don't supposed to be in and just watch them continually be in that situation. Sometimes people say, well, it's not for me to say anything. Well, who's standing there? I don't see nobody else. You're supposed to bring correction with your sister or brother when, there's wrong, when they're wrong. It's just like in the, in the natural. Sisters and brothers, they look up to each other. If that sister is doing something wrong and that sister got an older brother, that brother's going to say, no, don't do that. That's not what you're supposed to do. I know with Jada and Jayana, Jayana tried to be a big sister, but little Jada, she act like she's bigger than Jayana. If Jayana tell her no, she ready to fight Jayana because she feel like you don't tell me. So this is what happens in the natural world. Um, the older try to train up the little person based on what they were taught. So isn't that something, though, when you have children, when that's the first child, the first child know the do's and don'ts of mom and daddy. So that uh, first child will come in and try to help the smaller one. But for some reason, that smaller one want to give that, that the older child more trouble. So this is what happens even in the body of Christ. You have mature believers in the body of Christ that are in the word of God. And then you have some that's on milk. It's not time for meat. So the ones that is know how to eat meat, they're going to know how to, you know, give out what they have eaten. And the ones that's on milk, they start now. So they think they know everything. That It's like, you can't tell me nothing. I don't know about you. When I first got saved, I was like a firecracker. I felt like I could go off on any time. I would try anything. Anybody? Seemed like you would try anything and it would work quicker than it works now and you mature in Christ. You will say, this is what I'm going to do. Bam, there it is. And the more you get to know him, the more the enemy sent out, you know, demonic forces against you to stop you from being who you are in Christ. So all of us in the body of Christ, we need discipline. 
And that's what God want to bring through his word. This correction comes through his word. So he was telling them to go out and make disciples. He said, I want you to teach them like I taught you. And he even said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have taught, commanded you. Isn't that awesome? Now, this is the problem in the body of Christ. We have people that will not take correction from certain people. Christians. We have certain people, if I send somebody to someone to tell them something, they won't take that person word. They have to come ask me. If I sent them, let's say I send somebody to Miss Deborah, and I tell Ms. Um, the person to tell Miss Deborah, I need for you to give this person this certain thing. So when they go to Miss Deborah, Miss Deborah say, "You lying? Pops ain't told you that." So she come over here and say, "Pops." They come over there and say, "You said I said I sure did say it, because I sent them over there to get it." So she's um, coming against me, because I sent a person on my behalf. So see, correction going to have to be bought to Sister Deborah to learn that when I'm sending somebody, I'm sending them on my behalf. I don't have to be in the midst of them. So some people don't want to take correction from no other person but the pastor. But we're all one in the body of Christ. Every joint supplies. We help each other to build up that body. He's, he's Christ. So we're building the body of Christ, that one body, which is Christ. So the problem with this is some of us still have on grave clothes. And you don't even recognize those grave clothes that you have on until there's some type of opposition in the body of Christ. And that's why you have to learn how to take discipline with a humble spirit. And whatever you're feeling on the inside, you need to calm down and humble yourself and say, where is this coming from? Why am I reacting this way to something that apostle sent someone else to ask me about? That's a root there. There's a root, and we need to find out what that root is. And I'm going to say this. You may go into the word of God, but if you don't know what your situation is, you can be in the word, but it's not helping you. Because you don't know the area in your life that you need to receive discipline. Some people say, use the word, use the word. Yes, the word is your medicine. But if you haven't searched yourself to pinpoint what's going on in your life, you can be in the word all day long and still don't have no discipline in that area. You can't kill the flesh. You can't walk in the spirit. That's why you have the Holy Spirit to show you you. And he show you you. Through the word of God. I know sometimes I can be reading the word and something to stand out. And I'm saying, Lord, what are you showing me? And I can't move because he's talking to me. Lord, what are you saying to me? And I have to sit there. It ain't always about somebody else. When things happen in here in this church, the first thing I do is say, search me, Lord. Where did I go wrong for the person to be like they are? How did I play a part in this? Because I want to search me to make sure I didn't put a person uh, at a certain point and that person just went off because they weren't ready for where I put them or for what I said. So you have to search yourself first with the word so you can bring, bring discipline to you first before you try to discipline somebody else. If you cannot take discipline from God yourself, that means you don't know how to submit and if you can't submit to God, you ain't going to submit to no man, no woman, nobody. 
because God is the first authority that you need to submit to. So God, he gave the word to Jesus. Jesus gave it to the disciples, and he told the disciples to carry out what he was giving them. He said, teach them to obey. Teach them to observe everything that I commanded you. This is the key. And I will be with you always, even until the end of this age, the world time. What Jesus was saying, as long as you're teaching them what I'm telling you to teach them, uh, telling them to obey what I have commanded you, I'm with you. But when we get out of line, they know that ain't Jesus. Even though he's living on the inside of you, when you're outside of his word and his will, they know that's not how Jesus reacts to things. So you have to be about your father's business, not your business. And sometimes we hate correction, y'all. Because when we think we write, have y'all ever, I don't know about you, I'll say me. Have y'all ever been in a situation, come on, with husbands and wives? My husband, if, if we don't really do things the way I have to know him, he has to know me. Because sometimes me and my daughter pick at my husband when he say something, we like, huh? What you say? Say that again. And he'll bust out laughing. He say, I don't even know what I said. So we'll laugh at him. And then sometimes he's trying to explain something to us. And me and Aaron looking at him like, what, what did you say? You heard what I said, man. I didn't. I really didn't hear what you said. So we're getting in a little argument over that. And then he'll hit me with something that happened yesteryear. And I'm saying, wait a minute. How did you get way over there? And we, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So then, then the Lord will let you know. You still got something there for him to stir you up like that, for you to get to that. Am I helping somebody? For you to get to that place, for him to take you to that place, then you got something going on with you because you should not have been subject to that. I think somebody got delivered. If anybody ever take you to a place, it's something that you didn't dig up that you've been holding on to and they just lit the fire, added fuel to the fire. That's why we have to check ourselves. Why do I use me? Because I'm not ashamed. Why am I not ashamed? I always tell y'all, when you know you're wrong, say you're wrong. Sometimes when you're right, you have to humble yourself to be wrong to help that person that really don't see themselves. But some people, I'm going to stand on this because I know I'm right. But if you know you're not reaching that person, why keep fussing back and forth? Just apologize and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said what I said the way I said it. Forgive me for that. And on the inside, ooh, that flesh is rising up. But then what you do, you go search yourself and say, Lord, maybe I'm not seeing what they're seeing. Maybe it's something in me that I'm not seeing that connected to what's in them to bring them to that place. Show me me. Correct. I'm talking about discipline. Because if you cannot take discipline yourself, how are you going to be able to correct somebody else? You can't. It won't work. Oh, okay. Ephesians 6, 4. We went over that one. Fathers, do not make your, children's, your children angry, but raise them with training, discipline, and teach them instructions of the Lord. We don't supposed to make our children angry. But if we raise them up in the right way, in the way of the word of God, we can bring correction the right way instead of bringing it another way and we look at um proverbs 22 6 say train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it so 
They're saying we need to train up the children in the way that they should go. When they get old, they won't depart from it. Hebrews 12, 5 through 12, we went over this here, dealing with, and have you completely forgotten the divine word of appeal and encouragement in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons? My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage and give up and faint when you are reproved or corrected by him. For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves, and he punishes, even scourges, every son whom he accepted and welcomes to his heart and cherish. You must submit to and endure correction for um, discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not train and correct and discipline? Now, this is the key. Now, if you are exempt from correction and left without discipline, and which all of God's children share, then you are, what's that word again? Y'all help me with that long word. I I know it, but I, yeah. Well, actually, they call you bastards, right? Not belonging to the body of Christ. Offsprings and not true sons at all. So if you cannot take discipline, correction from God, it's like you don't even belong to the Father. And we have church folks that do not like to be corrected. Because it does something to them deep on the inside when you come back and you correct them out of love, just like the father would do because you're acting on the father's behalf. And if you don't correct them, you're not showing God's love. God loves correct. God love don't let a person keep going in the same way that they're going in just because you don't want to deal with that person. We got too many church folks that don't want to deal with people because you rather have friends, friends, than enemies. But when somebody is wrong, I don't care how they bow up. I don't care if they curse you out. Church folks will curse you out. Then you know, okay, there go another place in your life that you need to be delivered from. You're going to end up bringing everything out of that person through correction. Because people that don't like to be corrected, they don't like to submit. They don't like to submit to authority. That means there's a form of pride there, meaning that you can't tell me I already know. I don't care if you've been saved umpteen years. You still got to be corrected as a believer because all of us get off track sometimes. And sometimes when we get off track, we have somebody there with us to put us back on track. Then when they try to put us back on track, we're trying to slap them. We're trying to find something on them so we won't look bad instead of taking the correction and say, you know what, thank you for that. Thank you for that. I gave you an illustration how if you have a friend and you hang together all the time and both of you are Christians and you see what that friend is doing, but you refuse to tell that friend. So one day that friend is sitting with some other people and they begin to correct that friend on the way she come off own people when somebody is asking her a question and how she come at people that friend come back to you and they say do I take offense and you look at that friend you say yeah you very offensive and she say you've been knowing I was offensive and you didn't tell me you didn't correct me no I, I didn't well what kind of friend are you you'll lose a friend quicker that way because when you go back to them the next time and say, God is saying something, you're not going to be easily received. 
Because they're going to say, you can come to me and tell me something that God want to say to me, but you can't tell me I was carrying offense. I don't even think that's God talking to you. This is why the church is so messed up. We pick and choose who we want to minister to. We pick and choose who we want to receive the word from. Let me tell you why people pick and choose. Because it's easy to go to somebody that just give you the word and never correct you. Some people think they're correcting you with the word, but they're just running off at the mouth with scripture after scripture, and you ain't even caught the correction through the scripture because they have not taken the time to say, I need to tell you what God is saying. You have offense, and you need to deal with it. Then give them the word on offense. Don't just give them a scripture, and they don't even know what you're talking about. There's a lot of people that do that. Because it's easier just to hit them with the word, but not tell them what the problem is. Anybody who go to a lawyer, anybody who go to a doctor, you're going to sit up there and look at that doctor and say, and expect him to diagnose you. Anybody? No, you don't sit there. You tell them your symptoms. You tell them what's going on with you. You tell them all that stuff. Then they come up with, this is what's going on, and this is what you got to do. Is that not right? But when it comes to the body of Christ, we don't want to offend nobody. I don't want to hurt their feelings. They should know by now. Excuse me? Some people are just in the chairs on Sunday. They're just saying, I've been to church. But it go in one ear and come out of another. It's plenty of things that I have taught here at Miracle Temple. Speakers come in the house, and some people in Miracle Temple act like they ain't heard it a day in their life. And I'm sitting there like, hmm, Jesus, did I miss what I was saying myself? Then I said, you know what, Lord, long as they get it. But do y'all know how it is for a father or a mother when you teach your kids at home? Tyson, if you're teaching your kids at home and you know you're teaching them what's right, then when a visitor come in the house and a visitor say, Baby, you don't need to be doing that. And Tyson eyes bucked like, they know not to do that. But they say, yes, ma'am, I won't do that no more. Like they didn't know. Y'all ever been there and done that? Then when the company leave, oh, you're going to be corrected. I didn't correct you in front of them, but I'm going to tear your tail up because you knew better. You act like you a bastard child. Like you don't have a mama daddy. Come on, that's what God is saying in the body of Christ. He give you people to bring in the word of God to you so it ain't like you never had it. But when a newcomer come and they call you up and tell you something, oh, and I'm like, Jesus, well, they pray for them ears. Latch hold of them ears. Because evidently they need to be cleaned out because all of this that's being said has already been said. People don't like correction. They don't like discipline. And when you don't like for somebody to come up on you and correct you, that's because you think you know. That's pride. So I gave you a grave clothes. <laughs> that's pride. And guess what pride does? It brings a fall. And the Bible said God resists the proud. And he give grace unto the humble. That means that you so proud you don't need a father. 
You know you don't need the help that he has given you. Y'all, the church need discipline, not position, but discipline. You can't be put in a position until you're disciplined. Some people want position, but they don't want nobody to tell them nothing. That's why when you go in the courtroom, order in the court. Y'all know how the people get loud and they're speaking out of turn, y'all. I was watching. Have y'all ever seen Judge Faith? Anybody? So I said, let me watch this Judge Faith. I watched this episode, and the lady had all her stuff together and everything, and the judge following this lady and everything, and the lady was blaming the man because she rented a room to the man, and the man said, when she rented the room to me, she told me that I could stay in my room and I couldn't come use the rest of the house. You know, if she wasn't in the rest of the house, I could go in the rest of the house. But then she said, he come out one day and he sat on the same couch with me like he wanted me. She, he said, I don't want you. And she said, like he wanted me. So the judge just following, just following. And the judge said, everything you saying, you saying the man wants you. That man don't want you. You accusing him of something. So anyway, the man, then she said he hacked into her computer. He did all this stuff. Come to find out the man showed the judge some proof on something. She said, hold it right there. She said, you crazy. Told the woman she was crazy. <laughs> oh, when she told the woman she was crazy, and she said, I'm giving this to the man, you're going to pay him. You owe him this. She started cursing. Bleak, bleak, bleak. She hit a root. What am I saying? She didn't like to be corrected. She was coming in there to bring some correction, but she didn't want correction because she thought she was right. Y'all, don't we have this? We have this, but we shouldn't have it in the body of Christ. If you're getting taught right now, dealing with church discipline, and you're getting taught according to the word, you have no excuse. Because if you're hearing this word, faith come by, and hearing come by, you have no excuse. You're not ignorant. Nobody can't wink at you when they're talking to you and say, uh, oh, I forgot you were ignorant. You ain't never heard this. Yes, you heard it. But some people say, if a person already know, why do you have to tell them? Because sometimes we have to be reminded, just like a child. Is that not right? But you get to a certain place, you shouldn't have to keep reminding a person. And that's the next part of the teaching we're going to go into. Because if you have to keep telling a person over and over again to bring correction, then guess what? We got a problem. That means that person has to be set down. Or removed from the church. Because that's just outright witchcraft, rebellion, and stubbornness. Meaning that I'm going to have my way. I'm not doing like you said. And you can't do nothing to me. Oh, yes, we can. People think that they can just sit in a congregation forever and not be removed. And yes, you can remove them. They're just like a heathen. Why? Because they're rebellious. They're proud. They don't want to hear what God is saying to them. So they can't be a part of the body. That's when the disconnect comes. So those are the things we're going to be talking about to let you know how it's supposed to be in the body of Christ. So in, in Hebrews 12, we went over that. And then we went over 2 Timothy 3.16. All scriptures is inspired by God, breathed out by God, and is used for teaching, for showing people what is wrong in their lives, for refuting error, rebuking, for correcting faults, and for teaching how to live right, training in righteousness. That's what the word of God is for. Now, 
And in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, we went over the fivefold and the duties of the fivefold. And we know that the duties is that they're supposed to be bringing correction as well. Because as they teach you, they're teaching you in the way of the Lord. They're teaching you until all of us come to what? Maturity in the body of Christ. So we can be the ministers that God would have us to be. Amen. So we can go out and teach and train others what we have been taught. Now tonight, I'm going to go over this briefly. I want to talk about discipline in the Old Testament. Because we're talking about discipline in the church. Let's talk about, in the Old Testament, how people were disciplined. We look at Adam and Eve. We've been talking about them a lot. Adam and Eve received discipline in Genesis, the third chapter. Y'all know when God told them not to do something, they had to be disciplined. They had to be corrected concerning what he told them not to do, and they did it. Now, that start out, y'all, in the beginning, how they were removed from that garden because they were disobedient to the word of God. Let me ask you a question. If God is telling you to do something and you don't do what God says, you have got out of the way of God, the way God does things. And by you getting out of the way of God, you bring an evil in your life. This is why when God said don't, don't. Because there are consequences when you do. And it's not God's fault. You cannot say, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Because God said, when you do something out of my will, evil is always present, waiting for you. So that was your choice. So they had to be disciplined. So God disciplined them. He sent them out of the garden, right? Adam and Eve. We look at Cain and Abel in Genesis, the fourth chapter. Now, we know that they knew because their parents knew. Adam and Eve knew the ways of, Lord, of the Lord. Even though sin was in the world, they still knew what was right and wrong. See, this is where we're missing it. We're thinking that sinners don't know right and wrong. The laws are written on their heart. They know not to murder. They know not to steal. They know not to do a lot of things. They know not to do this with other people, uh, wives, other people. They know this. But it's their choice of what they do, Right? So Cain and Abel, they knew. So what they knew was to bring an offering to the Lord. And we see that both of them bought an offering based on, you know, what they did. Cain, he tilled the ground. So, you know, he planted different things. So he was saying, I'll bring, you know, my whatever I do. And Abel bought his. But the Bible said that God did not accept Cain's offering. But he accepted Abel's offering. That means that God looked on Abel's offering and he accepted it. When he looked on King's offering, he would not accept it because that's not what they, he should have done. Now, by him disobeying God, God brought correction to Cain because he saw how Cain looked. So God being a father, he's going to have to let Cain know, why are you so angry, Cain? He said, don't you know sin lies at the door and wait for you? So he was telling him, bringing correction to him. And then he went on when he had killed his brother. But this is what God did. God said, you will be a fugitive and a vagabond. That means you will be homeless. You will be wandering. This is going to be your life now because of your disobedience. So there are consequences when God tell you not to. And you do stuff outside of his will and his word, you don't think you're going to have consequences. God told him he was wrong. 
He brought correction. Now, if God is correcting them in the Old Testament as a loving father, what make you think you're not going to be corrected? Some people think I can go to church and walk the dog and do what I want to do in God's house. This is just a building. Nobody can't tell me what to do or how to do it because I'm going to do it my way. Or, or here, here go a trick, y'all, whether y'all don't know it or not. Some people tell you yes, and you can feel on the inside no. You know they don't really want to do it, but they just doing it to say, I done it and I humbled myself. No, you didn't. You didn't humble yourself. You just did it to make it look like you all right and you ain't all right. So you still in disobedience and the enemy is going to come in and use that door to bring something else in your life. Because now guess what? You have become a liar. Now I'm breaking this down because some people think that by them humbling themselves, they all right. God said, I know your heart. He said, you acting like you humbling yourself, but deep down on the inside, you still got a problem. You still got an issue. That's not humbling yourself. Really humbling yourself is saying, God, I know how I feel right now. And God, it may not be them. It could be me. But show me me, God, because this feeling I'm having, even though I'm humbling myself and doing it, God is not right. This feeling is overwhelming me. I'm smiling. I'm laughing. But God, I know it wasn't my fault. This happens, doesn't it? That means you ain't taking correction and you ain't taking discipline. You act like you're taking it. And the enemy said, I got something to feed on. So we dealt with Cain and Abel and what happened to them and how God corrected them. And then here goes some more in the Bible. Aaron. Y'all remember Aaron, the one that God had walking with Moses, his own brother. So Moses went to the mountaintop to be with God. Y'all know all of this. And the people were saying, where is Moses? And this is in Exodus 32. Where is Moses? Why he leave us? And we need someone to um, be our, what was it, uh, need someone to lead us and all of this stuff. They were coming up with stuff because Moses wasn't there. So they began to uh, say, we need to go back to Egypt. So I guess they stirred Aaron up and Aaron said, okay, they bought him all this gold and stuff. And he made a golden calf for the people. And when Moses come back down, this is what Moses has said to Aaron. And this is something in Exodus 32. Moses said to Aaron in Exodus 32, verse 22. No, verse 23. No, 22. And Aaron said, let not the anger of my... No, 21, I'm sorry. And Moses said unto Aaron, what did this people unto thee that thou hast brought such a great sin upon them? So what was Moses doing? Moses was getting on who? Aaron, because he left Aaron in charge of who? The people, right? Now check out what Aaron said. And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. And I said unto them, whosoever have any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me. Then I cast it into the fire. <laughs> and there came out this calf. Was he trying to justify what he did or not? Was he trying? He was trying. 
Come on, y'all, don't we do it? You leave somebody in charge. They look at the people coming at them, so they think they're out of it because they did what the people told them to do, right? So that's what Aaron was saying here. But Moses brought correction to Aaron. But this is what happened, y'all. I always said, okay, wait a minute. Moses came and told them, the ones that's on my side, come over here. The ones that came over there was the Levites. The Levites was the ones that was helping in the temple. Everybody else that did not come over there, um, they died with the sword, right? So I said, Lord, it's bothering me. What about this Aaron? Aaron had a part in this too. Because Aaron was over the people while Moses wasn't there. Now these people are dying because they did wrong. Whatever happened to Aaron? God gave it to me. Look at Deuteronomy, the ninth chapter. Deuteronomy, the ninth chapter, verses 18 through 20. And this is what Moses said. He's explaining the whole incident with the golden calf. Verse 18 said, And I fell down before the Lord as at the first 40 days and 40 nights I did neither eat bread nor drink water because of all your sins which ye sinned and doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure wherewith the Lord was wroth against you to destroy you. But the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him. And I prayed for Aaron also the same time. So what Moses was saying that he ended up praying for Aaron because Aaron was going to get destroyed too. Moses stepped in on Aaron's behalf. So look how Aaron was saved. You know, that remind me of Jesus stepping in on our behalf because we're priests, aren't we? We do something wrong. We got Jesus interceding on our behalf for mercy every day. He's giving us new mercy because in a soul in this place, don't mess up. From the pulpit on down. I get so tired of most holy than thou folk. Act like they don't do nothing. Act like they so righteous. And then they look at the ones that mess up. And they talk about them. And why did they do this? And why did they do that? Why are you talking about them? We're supposed to lift up our brothers and sisters. When they fall. But all of us learn, don't we? Because when we get upset, the first thing we do, why, 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 why? We always lashing out at another person. But we should stop and say, wait a minute, God. Where is this coming from in me? Why am I putting the blame on other people, God? Search me and see what's in me to have me feeling the way I'm feeling. I shouldn't feel this way about my husband. I shouldn't feel this way about my kids. I shouldn't feel this way about my wife. Why am I feeling like I'm feeling? So evidently you bringing some correction with me and I'm trying to throw it off on somebody else. Whoa, it is me, oh Lord. That's when you humble yourself. Because we want to have everything got to be a word. Who can really sit still and really get an open rebuke without saying nothing? Anybody? That's a growing in grace. Because let me tell you what I mean. Some people say, I can't, but your face can't. So it's in there. 
You can shut your mouth, but your face look like a Vulcan script and a rattlesnake red to stripe. Eyes all rolling back in your head and ain't no smile no more. It's just some of you come with the face, the voice, and everything else and working everything. Get in church and can't even say hallelujah with your hands. But get in confrontation with somebody, your head, your butt, your feet, everything is just working and telling them how you feel. Don't we do it? Anybody? I use me, for instance. I don't mind using little old me because I thank God for my chastisement. That man sitting right there. Woo, Jesus. Good man. Don't get me wrong. Women, let me help you out. Anybody can tell you something except your husband sometime, can't they? Hello, somebody. See, y'all don't act like y'all hear you, pastor. I remember one day, me and my husband was having a conversation. It was a little bit of confusion, y'all. A little bit of confusion, just a little bit. Just a little bit. You know how sometimes you can be on the phone. Other person don't really know what you're talking about. But they assume they know what you're talking about, so they're trying to correct you, but don't know the other end, right? I remember, he remember this too, we go around the corner. I said, you're making me so angry. I had my fist like this. And then I said, oh God, something's up in there. Have y'all ever done that? I'm helping you. I don't mind using me. And guess what? My husband said nothing. I guess he said, what in the world did I do? I went home, y'all. I said, Father, where did all that come from? And I can see stuff going in and out of my ear. All day long, stuff going in and out of my ear. And I had to sit there and say, Lord, deal with me. Deal with me because I should not have went that far with my husband. I rebuke. I, I begin to rebuke different things. I begin to say, God, show me anything that I have held that I have not recognized I was holding on to. And then I come out even worse with him, and it didn't take all of that. But guess what? At the end of the day, it was all over and done with. I felt good. He felt good. What am I telling you? We keep so much in. We call it keeping peace. That ain't keeping no peace. That's making you like a cannon. And that cannon is waiting on any individual that it can fire at. Y'all, we got some cannons here at Miracle Temple. You can play all you want. When somebody really hits you, where you ain't been quite healed, you're going to shoot them. One way or another. It can be shooting them silently. Well, don't hit them that hard yet, or you will come out with the big ball. Because some people don't like correction. They don't like discipline. So it's time for us, y'all, to recognize. So we see Aaron here. Then another one was Miriam. Y'all remember Miriam? He go, this is the brother. Now, remember Moses. God turned authority over to who? Moses. And he told Moses to handle the people. Right? So Moses had to deal with his brother Aaron. Now he's dealing with both of them in um, Numbers 12. When they started out, let me give you an example. Miriam 
began, her, her and Aaron, began to say they were very upset because Moses married an Ethiopian woman, Cushite, right? Come on, y'all. That was just uh, the surface talking. The root of it was they were jealous over their brother because they said God can talk to us just like he can talk to Moses. They wanted Moses' position. That was the problem. So they used his wife, which was a problem, but that wasn't the biggest problem. This is what the body of Christ do. The body of Christ are used something, but that ain't actually the root. See, the root was they were jealous over their own brother Moses, and God heard it. So God called all three of them out. And God began to say, you know, he began to correct them, but he began to say, Moses is in charge. They were coming against the leadership. The one that God put in charge. We find this in churches, don't we? People coming against who God put over them because they want to be in that position. God didn't call them to it. So what they want to do, they want to talk down, find something on the one that's up here to try to make them look bad to make them look good. But God fixed it. And what God did, he going to take and put Miriam out of the camp. She got struck with leprosy. But that, guess what saved Aaron? Aaron repented. Aaron began to repent for his sin and Miriam's sin. And as he began to repent, he humbled himself before Moses and he ended up calling Moses Lord. And Lord back then would mean you over us. We're your servants. So he began to repent and Moses began to intercede on Miriam's behalf. And he went to God. God said, uh-uh. He said, she's going to be like this for seven days. And while she's like this, y'all ain't moving. So they couldn't move. This is what happened in the body of Christ. When you got someone in the body of Christ that don't want to take discipline, that's coming against the Lord, it stagnates the rest of the body. Meaning that if we have the ushers, for instance, and Erica's over the ushers, and let's say, you know, Barbara is her co-leader, and Erica is telling the ushers what to do, but let's say Barbara's bucking against her, but we know that's not true. She's bucking against her and saying, no, we shouldn't do it like that. Do you always have to be the one telling them what to do? I done told them what they need to do. Why are you coming behind me? Because she's the one that's head. You up under her, so you got to follow her lead. So they're having all of that stuff. So guess what? The ushers are stagnated. Why are they stagnated? You got other ushers trying to figure out, who do I talk to? Do I stand here? Do I go over here? So it's no movement in ushers. So when people come at the door, the other ushers are so scared, they can't even greet people right. Everything is off. Division, dealing with the ushers, going through the church. So this is what happens in the body of Christ. If you don't take your position according to the word of God and know that you're representing him, that you're bringing him glory, then guess what? You're showing disrespect to God, not to your leader, but to God, because that's the one he put in that position. And it stagnates the body of Christ. But didn't correction come? God told Moses, this is what's going to happen. So why are we trying to go outside of God, y'all? You know why people go outside of God? Because they don't know the word. You tell them something, they say no, because they don't know what the word is saying. 
and they try to turn it around to make it look like they know and don't know. Let me tell you something. If you've never been a pastor, if you've never walked in my shoes, don't be trying to buck up against me thinking you know more than I know because God had to develop this gift in me before I can even get here. And just because you think you know the word of God and you in it day and night don't mean that God's going to make you no pastor. Because God know the weaknesses that's in your life and he know that you don't like discipline and you won't discipline nobody else. Did y'all know that God had to get my house in order before I can come up in here? He had to make sure that me and my husband is running our house the right way before we could get in position. That means if I can't tell my children no, who am I to come up in here and tell you no? If I can't tell my children this is what you have to do, who am I to come up in here and tell you this is what you have to do? If I don't cook for my husband, who am I to correct Jennifer and say, you better cook for that man? And my husband sitting there, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Seriously, he probably saying, Lord, have mercy. I had a woman who was following her husband. He was a pastor. And she told me, she said, I'm going to take an honest God truth. I can't take this. She says, I know how he treat me at home. And he's up there acting like he's the best pastor ever. And I'm sitting on that front seat saying, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Guess what the woman did? She said, I'm leaving the church. She said, I will not sit up under a teaching of a person who home ain't right and you treat me like I'm not a woman of God. Of God. She said, I'm not doing it no more. And she stayed home. And guess what they did? They talked about her. And they found out later. But she stood her ground. She said, I will not stay up under teaching like that when it's out of the will of God. And half the teaching that he get, he get it from me. <laughs> and he living like he don't even know Jesus and everybody eating it up. And I'm sitting there, Lord, have mercy. He didn't want correction. He wanted everybody to think he had it all, all right, but he didn't. We look at um, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Y'all know what happened to them in number 16. He go leadership again. We know what Korah did. He went and got those leaders to turn against Moses because they again wanted Moses' position. Y'all see what happened. God ended up, what, opening up the ground. They ended up dying even the ones that was following them, because they were coming against God. They weren't coming against Moses. Because God put Moses in that position. So they did not want correction from Moses, did they? And actually, they were Levites. They had their own duties in the temple, but they, didn't, they got tired of that. They wanted Moses' position. Korah started it. So the ones who followed Korah, they died. So we see that's discipline and correction. Then Saul, y'all know about Saul. And um, is it 1 Samuel? Yeah, 1 Samuel 13, 13. And then we go to um, 15, chapter 15, 14. Y'all know what was happening to Saul. The people wanted Saul as king. Um, Samuel went and anointed Saul. And after he anointed Saul, God gave Saul instructions. He did not follow those instructions. So y'all know what happened. God said, I got to take the kingdom from you because you being disobedient to what I have given you was not God bringing correction. So what am I saying to the body of Christ? This is just the Old Testament. We're going to go into new. Why am I bringing this out? Because if we have rebellion in the body of Christ, rebellion, then you have in stubbornness and it's like a sin. It's like witchcraft. Going through the body of Christ. We need to check ourselves and ask ourselves, God, am I submitting, first of all, to you? 
Because if I'm submit to you, I can submit to authority. You never question authority. Did y'all not know that? On your job, if your employee is telling you to do something, you don't question them. If you have a problem, you need to say, may I sit down and talk to you for a minute? I'll, I'll close with this. I remember when I was pregnant with Ariel, and they had already demoted me, and the man that they put in my position, he was my enemy. He didn't want help getting me devoted, demoted. And I remember he had called me into his office when it was time to get a raise. And when he called me to the office, he had wrote me up. Why did he do that? I sat there and I looked at him and I let him finish. And he said, well, um, this is your evaluation. And I had to write you up because you go to the bathroom too much. I said, I'm pregnant. Should I not go to the bathroom if I'm pregnant? Well, I'm just telling you, they say every time they turn around, you go into the bathroom. I said, did you write the one up to sleep out front, the cashier, when people walk in and her head is on the desk all the time? Did you write her up? Please tell me you wrote her up, too. I just, I just blew up in the office. He said, well, I'm just telling you, this is what I have to do. And I said, I'm just telling you, I will not sign it. I went back to my desk, y'all. My desk wasn't even far from his office. Soon as I sat down, the Lord told me, he said, you was wrong. He said, you bucked up against authority, and even though he was doing you wrong, you shouldn't have came at him like that. And immediately I said, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. That was wrong. He said, now this is what I want you to write on your evaluation. Wrote it, went in there, turned it in, and when I got home, the Lord said, you got to go back to him. That morning at 8 o'clock, me and him met in the middle of the hall. And I said, I need to, he said, no. I said, no, 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 please let me go first. I said, I was wrong to buck, buck up against you. I said, you in authority over me. And what I said, it was out of order. Forgive me. It will not happen again. You know what that man told me? No. I was wrong. And I tore up your evaluation. Do you think God put me here just to put me here? See, the things that I'm teaching you is teaching you to help you where God is carrying you. And if you bucking up against me, you bucking up against God because I'm only going to go on what God tell me to do, not on what I think need to be done. If I tell you you need to empty the trash for seven days, whether you like emptying the trash for seven days or not, evidently God is trying to get something out of you. And we need to hear authority when authority is speaking. It's not our feelings, y'all. Faith ain't no feeling, right? We don't go on how we feel or what we don't want to do or when we want to do it or how we want to do it. We need to say, God, you must be preparing me for something big. God, there must be something in me that I'm not even aware of. So, Lord, help me to get to that place. He can't help nobody that don't want to be helped. He's asking you, let me help you. The church needs discipline, y'all, to make it. And without discipline, a church will not make it because everybody be button heads. We need order in the body of Christ. There ain't no, um, what is it, big eyes, little use. Ain't none of that. We're here to do what the Lord will have us to do. Every joint supplies. Amen? So get over yourself. And the only way you can get over yourself is through this word. Amen? Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Do we have any announcements? Okay, I'm